As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You know, it's something that uh, I don't think can be fixed, so, um, yeah, thanks. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to The Daily Ding. Happy Thursday. For a lot of you, maybe not for Rockets fans, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to feel about this, to be honest with you. Uh, This being what we're going to talk about on the show. I am Dave DeFore. I'm joined as I am every single week by my Wednesday night, Thursday morning co-host, Andrew Schlecht. Uh, Andrew, uh, do you have any time to peel away from the internet today? No, not one second. Actually. Just too much stuff. Way too much. It's a great day. It's a great day to be a, a fan of the NBA and to uh, just follow the sport. I tweeted right before this trade happened, trades are boring, <laughs> which I still, I will stand that by that. a ridiculous take. That is... No, now, listen, hear me out. I like in, internal improvement, development. Like, that's a more exciting story wow. to me. Like, uh, <laughs> where you have a guy, and, you know, and everybody knows that I'm going to bring up Danny Green here. But you, know, you have a guy like Danny Green. You know, he gets released. He has to play in the G League. works his way back. And now, three-time champion. You know, world champion. You're all about decades. Back I'm about moments. Give me the trade. Give me the high of an NBA trade. That's what I want. I just want to see teams built. You know, built, not bought. Uh, <laughs> before we get started with today's show, go to theathletic.com slash daily ding. If you haven't already, I don't know what you're waiting for, but please go. Right now, you can sign up. It's $3.99 a month. That's an incredible deal. You get all the podcasts ad-free, all the writing, the tremendous reporting from people like one of our guests today. You cannot get that anywhere else. Theathletic.com slash Daily Ding, $3.99 a month. Go sign up. You guys are annoying me by not signing up. Go sign up. We need more subs. Theathletic.com slash Daily Ding. Coming up on today's show, uh, Andrew, we have callers. We do. I didn't even know we had a phone. <laughs> it's a thing. It's happening. Yeah. <laughs> but first, uh, there was a trade, a pretty big trade. Uh, and you know what? Before I even talk about the trade, I'm going to introduce our guest. Kelly Eco from The Athletic, the Rockets beat writer for The Athletic. Kelly, my my good buddy, uh, you've been busy today. Wait, before we get started, can, can we, uh, 
I want to talk about your bad takes right now. So what? I want to I want to do a poll. <laughs> Either your trade your trades are boring tweet or your Lamelo Ball pseudo assist tweet. Oh, oh, now you and I can get into the assist thing at some other point. This is just, uh, that's an example of me watching too much EuroLeague. Also, the assist has been watered down. The assist has been watered down. Let's be honest. It has, Uh, it has, it has. All right, Kelly, walk me through this trade a little bit because uh, obviously everything came to a head Tuesday night. James Harden, I know that he like caused you a lot of headache, uh, just from a work perspective, not life. You know, it's it's not really that serious. Um, But I know that that when he sat at at the at the podium and was basically like, "Look, this is broken. It's not going to work." We we could all kind of feel the wheels start turning. Yeah. So if you don't know, James Harden is a very calculated human being. Uh, He says certain things. He says certain things for certain effects. Um, I actually had gotten word during, I think, halftime of that game that something was close. And it almost was done a day before. But there were there were some hangups on the deal, you know, namely the, the picks and uh, the third team. But, you know, Harden knew it was close, and that's kind of what prompted him to you know, go out on the ledge and say, you know, the chemistry's not good, the team's not good, y'all suck, and I'm out of here. And everybody's so, pretty pissed about that, like, <laughs> and and rightfully. I mean, yeah. you know, think about it. If you're one of the guys on that team, that that's pretty disrespectful. It's a smack in the face because mm-hmm. if you think about it, this year for Houston was kind of a redemption year, almost. Not exactly a culture reset, but, you know, you bring in John Wall, you bring in DeMarcus Cousins, two guys who have something to prove to themselves and to the league. Uh, you bring in Steven Silas, who who has been around the league for two decades, but he does have some, something to prove as a head coach. Um, and just given where the Rockets were a year ago to where they are now, you know, they aren't in that elite title contender stage, but they still are a competitive team who have, you know, playoff aspirations. So, with Harden saying that, it was kind of a, a what the hell moment for guys one through fifteen in that locker room, man. They did not take that lightly. Well, Kel- well, let's go through the trade. Oh, go ahead. I have go a ahead, question just on the Rockets side. So, yeah. is there like a collective sigh of relief now that this has happened? Now, I mean, you could say that, yeah, for, just because you know the last couple of days have become really toxic. You know, it's 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 one of those things where it's like, oh my god, like every day is something. If it's not the him coming late to training camp, the you know the the COVID stuff with the Christmas party and just the the antics on the court, you know, it, I get the sense that some of those guys were pretty relieved that this thing is done with because now they can move forward. They can. This is pretty much John Wall's team now. Steven Siles can actually coach how he wants to coach. He's a brilliant head coach. He can actually do his his stuff, his sets and actions, ball movement stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think it was a sigh of relief. Uh, so I'm glad. I'm really glad that that both of you guys are here. First, Kelly, obviously, because you cover the Rockets. But <laughs> Andrew, you uh, you cover a team for us that has almost every draft pick in the draft for the next ten years, <laughs> yep. and now the Rockets are just they're right there with them. And, and I'm looking at the at the hall. Okay, so here's the trade. Um, James Harden goes to Brooklyn. Victor Oladipo goes to Houston. Karis LeVert 
goes to Indiana. Jared Allen, Tarian Prince are in Cleveland. And there's guys like Rodion Kuritz and, and Dante Exum uh, is going to Houston. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, but th- these <laughs> the picks, um, the Nets have given up their first round picks in 2022, 24, 26, and the Bucks first rounder in 2022. And then four first round pick swaps 2021, 23, 25, 27. All told, the Brooklyn Nets will not control their own first round draft pick until 2028. <laughs> we I, I'm we're going to be I don't know, through the first Kamala Harris, uh, Kamala Harris uh, term, by the time they hey, have you. their own first round pick. And they're all unprotected. That, to me, is the uh, biggest. No that's, protection. That's the biggest deal. Because, I mean, I would, I would be pretty excited if I were a Houston Rockets fan about those picks because – not only are these guys going to be probably out of their prime by 2024, there is almost a 0% chance this team is going to be together by then. Is it going to make it? Is it going to make it through the summer? I, is it going to make it through the, through the trade? I deadline? don't, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I will, I, it, yeah. Yeah. I could see that. But, and, and here's the thing, all of my question marks about it have to do with, things that aren't on the basketball court. On the basketball court, this team is going to be impossible to guard. I don't know who you who are you going to put your best defender on. Right? <laughs> the 7-foot alien that has <laughs> that has solved the game of basketball and somehow looks as good as he did before he hurt his Achilles or the guy who out of shape uh waking up with with the crust in his eyes out there dropping 44 and 17 assists. Yes. You know, I I just don't know what you do. And if Kyrie comes back and plays, which feels like an if at this point, because right. who knows what's happening there. Uh, I just don't know how you ever stop this team. Now, this team is going to give up almost as much as it's going to mm-hmm. score. But I do think ultimately the offense that they can that they can do and, and with the consistency in particular of Kevin Durant and, and James Harden, Kyrie's pretty consistent, but but. The right. effort waxes and wanes, I think. Um, and But Kyrie did look great at the start of the season. I mean, he looked in the best shape I've seen him in in his career. Uh, I don't know how you guard that team. That's tough. I mean, I think the best way to guard them is if Kyrie continues to work remotely. Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Kyrie's like, listen, I, you know, I'm taking this seriously. I'm going to work from home. All right. So but let's talk about the rest of the trade because, you know, uh, there are other teams and other players involved. Right. Um, as far as Oladipo goes, Kelly, my first, the first thing that comes to mind for me with Oladipo is that's an expiring contract <laughs> that they're, they don't necessarily have to resign him. So they no, are going to save money on this. Yeah, so I think the Rockets, kind of why they did that deal is, like you said, he's expiring. You know, they get him for a whole whole year. If they like him, they keep him. If they don't, he walks. And they they have a boatload of money to work with. They're going to create a a crazy trade exception for trading James Harden, and they can use that to go after assets, which I'm told, you know, they still plan to be extremely aggressive in that aspect. So who who knows? what that trade exception will turn into. So I, I think the reason why they did that deal is to give them that added flexibility with the picks and 
and the possibility of the future. Well, and also, this is not a bad basketball team. No. That's the thing. It is as currently constructed. They're not bad. They're they're probably in that, you know, eight to 11 range, maybe 12. You know, it depends on how the night goes, how John Wall works. Uh, I know that he was uh, he's got a sore knee right now. So hopefully that's not like a long term thing. But, um, you know, I I think that if you're a Rockets fan, I've seen a lot of Rockets fans. I follow a lot of Rockets fans because they're hilarious when when the Rockets are getting roasted. I I have to admit (laughs) it is funny to watch some of my favorite Rockets fans, in particular Tej, uh, getting roasted every <laughs> single time. Yeah, every <laughs> single time the Rockets just do something bad um, or get embarrassed, and and then they always believe. But, like, that's kind of cool, right? Like, the Rockets have been so good for so long. And I mean just like a playoff team forever. And, and now you're looking at this roster, and it's like, well, you know, John Wall, he looks pretty good. Christian Wood? Looks pretty good. Boogie Cousins looks okay. I mean, a lot of technicals, but, you know, I, I think he he can play, clearly. Victor Oladipo has looked great so far. Um, I don't think the Rockets are going to be that bad, Kelly. I think the only the only area that they probably will suffer is you know, defensively, and they've shown that this season it's taken them quite a while to get on the same page. Obviously, they went to a more traditional drop coverage scheme, as opposed to switch everything, Coach Silas likes to stay in his base defensive scheme. Um, but part of that is because I don't think they have the personnel to switch everything anymore. Right. Obviously, you don't have Covington. You don't have people like a younger Ariza. Tucker is a bit older and slower. Um, but I do think that this team has some good pieces. You know, mm-hmm. Ben McLemore, Eric Gordon, if those guys, you know, can stay consistent, stay healthy, this team does have some potential to, to make some noise. I mean – Kotsalas is a great coach. He's he's a he's a phenomenal guy to talk to. He's brilliant. Like he's so smart. Uh, he's always trying to do new things. And if John Wall can stay healthy, you know, Christian Wood kind of continues to develop. He needs to get a little bit stronger. You know, a better rim protector. But there's potential there, and I think that's exciting mm-hmm. for anybody who supports that team. Like there, so- it's a team you can you can watch and and, and be proud of. Andrew, another – so I want to talk about the Pacers quickly because they're going to get overlooked in this whole thing. Sure. But, oh they God, kind, but they that's kind of – but they kind of just nailed this trade, didn't they? they? They get Karis LeVert, who plugs right into the Victor Oladipo role if they want him to. Like, they're extremely similar players. Um, Oladipo's a better shooter, but but I, I love plugging in that kind of athleticism and burst. And with what the Pacers have been doing offensively, I wonder if we might actually see Karis LeVert turn into the cutter that I've been dreaming of Karis LeVert being since he got in the NBA. Well, and he's playing with a big man and Demonis Sabonis, who's kind of perfect with regards to cutting like that because he's, he's going to find him. I think this is perfect for Indiana. It's, it is the like Indiana Pacers move to make. Like you, you talk about how the Oladipo deal is perfect for the Rockets because he's expiring and the Rockets, I mean, who knows? Like, maybe they like him, they resign him, or they just let him go. Like, however it works out is fine for the Rockets because uh, they have they have options. But the Pacers are—they're this small market. It's difficult to get players to come and play in Indiana, and so you find a guy that's under contract, and you can keep him around for a little bit. And I think that that is—it's extremely helpful to them. They're really building a lot of momentum. 
And, you know, really good on them for kind of getting in on this and and nabbing him because I, I don't know that I wouldn't rather have him than Oladipo at this point just as a player. No, yeah, that's interesting. I think Levert has more swag to his game than Victor does. I think overall, as an offensive player, obviously they're, they're very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if Karras can become, you know, more active, you know, without the ball, I think that will help his game um, because Sabonis, you know, Miles Turner is an underrated passer. Those guys will find you, and and that system that they're running under under Nate, it's pretty sexy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you you mentioned him becoming better off the ball. That was actually one of the things that I was worried about with the Nets. Was you know you had Denwitty, who was better off the ball than than Karis Levert, but right. Karis Levert essentially he's not a nothing off the ball, but it's close. Like he's just he's not a good catch and shoot guy. Not a no. great not a not a heavy cutter, so he just doesn't do it a ton. But you saw how he thrived as a playmaker in that bench role in, in Brooklyn. And so I wonder if if Indiana doesn't look at that and see an opportunity there to jumpstart some of their second units. And I'm not saying he's coming off the bench. I think he'll probably jump right in the starting lineup uh, right. after he gets acclimated. But I wonder if they see him as a guy who is able to get out there and create offense off the dribble by himself – with second units, and you could put him out there with Doug McDermott. You can like stretch the floor with him quite a bit. Those Miles Turner without Sabonis minutes have actually been fantastic this year. Karis Levert will wind up making those minutes better for Miles Turner because Karis Levert puts pressure on the basket with his off the dribble game, and you have to worry about him shooting the pull up, and that is going to just unlock. A whole new thing. And again, this is very similar to what Oladipo was doing, but I think that with Levert, you have a guy who's already in a role where he was playing so much with with reserves that it's very easy to stick him in that role and see how it might actually improve the Pacers. Yeah, it's just more options for them. I mean, they they already have mm-hmm. like quite a, quite a few options out there with what Domas has become as a distributor. But Malcolm Brogdon is another guy that's been really good this year, and you throw him in there like you just—it's a really solid group. It's a very, very Pacers mm-hmm. team. I think they're going to be really good, and they're going to be a tough out uh, in the first and second round in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Kelly, you want to hang out and talk about some of these games for tonight? I know yeah. you were writing most of the time, but I'm sure you had the games on. Uh, let's start in New York. It was very weird. Uh, you know, It was the first time I've watched a non-local broadcast of the Knicks. And it was weird to see Madison Square Garden set up the way it was. I don't know why, because every arena is like that. But for some reason, MSG just, it felt different. Am I am I alone here? It, look, it looks fantastic. But, it does. But, but, it really I want to ask, ask you a question, Dave, about that game. So I want you to play with your crystal ball a little bit. In a year's time, where do you see Julius Randle? playing for 14. You know, this is an interesting question. So let, let's get there. Uh, the Nets win this game 116-109. And, and, you know, the Knicks came back late, but it was not a serious, uh, you know, they weren't really going to win the game. Um, but Randall continues to just be really good on both ends. Like a, a legitimate defense. Like he is playing great defense for them. And I, I went on Mike Vorkanov's podcast last week the long twos and I talked about it a little bit and Tom Thibodeau basically has him in the Taj Gibson role so when he was in New Orleans when when Randall was in New Orleans and they would play him as a small ball five they they expected him to just 
I don't know, magically be a rim protector. And and he can't do that. Mm-hmm. So Tom Thibodeau doesn't have him doing it. He, he's pairing him with guys that can that can help out there. And it's been spectacular. And and I know the defense is not sexy and nobody's paying attention to Julius Randle's defense, except for me, maybe, and Mike Vorkanoff, uh, because his offense is just <laughs> nuts. This guy it's unbelievable. 37 and 5 uh, again today. I mean, he's he is he in the MVP running? Like if it, if we're just thinking about statistical MVP, maybe maybe He's most an All Star running, maybe like best offensive player, you know, offensive player of the year. Like he has to be up there. Like he is having an incredible season. I think I think the biggest thing for Julius Randle is the game looks a bit easier for him. Like I saw one play where Austin Rivers was the pick and roll, and Austin Rivers just gave it to him around that 15, 18 foot. And he just catched it. Like, all the confidence in the world, boom, went back down the court. Like, he's that, that kind of player now. And it's good to see him not have to deal with some of the things that he did early, coming up in the year, in the league. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to see, you know, what the Knicks do in a month's time. Like, will they get aggressive at the deadline? Do they try to, you know, kind of push this thing to the limit? Because – I don't think they're good enough for that. I I hope they don't think they're good enough for that. Um, They're five and seven. It's a good story. They they really are playing well, but this is not a team that should be pushing in anything to try to get to the playoffs, right? I mean, Andrew, like no. (laughs) If that's a thing, we got to talk them off the ledge. Yeah, (laughs) eight to ten. I I mean, okay, okay. Can you see? Yeah, but what's the what's the point in making the play? Like, listen, for for the who wants to be the tenth seed? The Knicks. Hey, the you don't hey, think the, so? the Thunder went to New York recently, and the Thunder just kicked their tail. And the Thunders and the well, Thunder suck. So let's. Uh, well, the the Thunder though are too good to tank, <laughs> as are the Knicks. Honestly, I feel like we could put a banner up at MSG that just says, you know, 2020, 2021 Knicks too good to tank. You, yeah, because that's the truth. It, they are too good to tank, and that's the worst place to be. To be honest, yeah. Stuck. Now we disagree on this. Friends. All right, my my personal philosophy is I I love to see teams that are just doing their best. Like we're going to try to get the best players we can, and we're going to try to win as many games as possible. And obviously, hiring Tom Thibodeau, that's what you're going to yeah, get, without a doubt. Uh, but with that being said, and you've got the young guys that they've got, they certainly need time to develop. They're getting minutes, man. Like I mean, RJ Barrett. Playing 38 minutes a game. Yeah, it's good time. <laughs> he and Julius Randle are like leading the league in minutes. Mitchell Robinson finally getting a chance. 33 minutes in this game. 10 points, 12 rebounds, a couple of blocks. I mean, he, I think he has looked fantastic. Um, the Knicks are a really fun story. And, and it's funny that, that they lost this game to the Nets and we're only talking about the Knicks. But the truth of the matter is, I just like... Does this game even mean anything for the Nets? Like th- this team doesn't really oh. exist. You know, they're waiting on James Harden. They're waiting on Kyrie. Um, and and they win this game because Kevin Durant's Kevin Durant again. Um, you know, he just comes back and he just looks normal. 26 points in this game, 10 of 18 from the field. Uh, you know, Joe Harris with 15. They got they got contribution all the way up and down the roster. And, and you you remember a couple weeks ago, someone pointed out, I think it was uh, Todd Whitehead, uh, who said this is a team full of starters, meaning five starters and then five starters coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. 
Now they lost a lot of that yeah. in the last couple of weeks, <laughs> but they also added, you know, one of the two or three best scorers of the modern era to one of the best scorers of the modern era and Kyrie Irving. Like Kyrie Irving is the third banana on this team. That's how that's how stacked they are at the top. But you know, I, I'm looking through just like looking at the roster here, and it's like, okay, well, Joe Harris is definitely a good player, and he's going to start. Yep. DeAndre Jordan, he's got to play. Do they go small? He's, he's going to okay, play a okay. lot. He has to. <laughs> okay, but is he going to start? He has, he he has start? to. Who else starts? Yeah, he's going to start. He's going to start. There's no way they're going to start Kevin Durant at center. No. It's just not going to happen. Um, that would be pretty freaky. Yeah, the issues right. to me are defensively. And, and I'm not going to be one of these people that sits here and says that the Nets lost this trade or, you know, yeah, it was a bad idea because you got James Harden. Now you have to deal with that, right? Like now you've got to manage James Harden, Kyrie, and KD, and you've got to make that work somehow. And you got to figure out how you're going to defend at a championship level because that's what this is. This is not. This is not a. Hey, you know what? It's a good story if we just make the conference finals. They need to make the finals. Yeah, yeah. They right. pushed every damn chip. To Houston, every single one. They have no way to improve the roster. Buyouts, baby. They're looking for buyouts. <laughs> when is a buyout? It is buyout outside season. of Bellinelli and Ilyasova for the Sixers mm-hmm. a few years ago, and, and you know they they lost to uh, on the Kawhi bounce. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, when is a buyout ever actually meant anything in the playoffs? Hey, Jeff Green helped help the Rockets get past round one last year. He did. You did. I forgot about Jeff Green already. There's one. Speaking of which, Jeff Green. (laughs) Jeff Green started this game. Pretty amazing. Uh, But the Nets are going to be fascinating to watch over the next few weeks. Um, But the Knicks have just been so much fun so far. So, you know, I was was happy that that was one of our games for tonight. And Julius Randle just, I mean, that guy's been so much fun. I I need somebody to do a film breakdown on what Julius Randle's been doing because I just want to see the highlights. Yeah, well, <laughs> I compared him to Jokic, by the way, uh, a couple weeks ago. Like, it, he's just his ability to get guys open. He's being patient. Um, you know, he he's literally he's waiting that extra half beat when he needs to because he's recognizing things so much earlier. I don't know what the guy's twenty six years old. It's not like he's old, you know. But he's he's taking a leap. It appears someone needs to save him from the yes, Knicks. Please. Well, it's like he and Sabonis and Jokic this year. Are these like really interesting big guys that they're they're the they're the point guards on their team, right? Like they run, yeah. they run the show, and I, I think it, it's fascinating. And yeah, get come on, we got to get him to a real team. Send him to the no, no. The Knicks are a real team. The Knicks are a real okay. team. Okay, nope. I'm here. <laughs> I, listen, Nick. Look, Knicks fans. That's I at believe Andrew on the record. I'm, There's a C and an H in yeah. there. All right, uh, the the late game that that we watched tonight, uh, the Blazers and the Kings. Um, this was a weird game. Uh, the the Kings. All right, first of all, both of these defenses are just no good, yeah. and and Portland. I have no idea what is going on with this team defense. I mean, I know where the problems are, but I do not understand why they're not able to cover for those problems, and they wind up winning this game that Sacramento for sure should have won. Yeah, I mean, Sacramento had control of this game uh, throughout 
most of it. You get into the fourth quarter and they just do kind of what the Kings do. They let go of the rope a little bit. Uh, Damian Lillard, his line was ridiculous in this game. 40 points, 13 assists. Uh, he was tremendous. 12 of 12 from the line, which that's just what superstars do. Get to the line, make your free throws. Uh, he was spectacular. Nurkic was just a battering ram at the end of this game as well. Uh, finishing it with 18 and 12. And this bullet pass, I don't know. Did you see the bullet pass from CJ McCollum to, to Ennis Cantor? That, to me, that was like one of the highlights of the game. Uh, just an absolutely fantastic pass that McCollum threw right to, to Ennis Cantor. Maybe one of the fastest passes I've seen all year. It was, it was outstanding. Just, just kind of a fun game. We're going to need tracking data for that. Why are y'all confused? Oh no 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 no! I'm not, I'm confused because I don't know why Robert Covington, uh, Derek Jones, he, and Nurkic never been, aren't able well, to Covington, help. I don't know. I th- I think Covington's uh, ability as an on-ball defender and a team defender are two different mm-hmm. things. I think. Look in Houston, he was a great help defender, weak side, come on, come get a block. Um, but in terms of switching everything on ball, he wasn't that great. Now in Portland, you know, he's playing a lot of minutes with, you know, Derrick Jones, with Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. They're not going to be that great defensively. Like Derrick Jones, I like him a lot. Don't get me wrong. I have stood on Derrick Jones Island for longer than I should have. But I do think that this Portland team is going to be in the bottom eight in defensive rating by the time the season's done. I just don't see they don't have the personnel, I guess, to be a top 15 defense. I don't Honestly, I, I banked a lot in preseason on the fact that I thought Nurkic looked good physically in the bubble. Um, okay. And clearly, yeah. clearly there's it, there's some diminishing uh, ability there. And whether that's long term or not, I don't know. Right. Like he just I just haven't seen enough. But. He he doesn't look as good as he did in the bubble, but also just basketball wise doesn't look as good. And so, right. you know, I was sitting here banking on on having good help defenders and Nurkic and, and be able to get this this defense at least to passable, you know, like top twelve. And you know what the offense is gonna do. You know Damian Lillard is able to do. Like, I mean, he had a forty point game tonight. He could have forty points in the next six games, and we would all say, Oh yeah, that's just what Damian Lillard does, but I mean, this is a team that they're seven and four, and it feels like they they're lucky to be seven and four. Yeah, clearly. But you can't play Mello and Cantor significant minutes in twenty twenty one and have a top twelve defense. Like that's just not ever going to happen. The Zach Collins injury. They put like forty minutes combined between. Yeah, that's not the Zach Collins injury has compounded these issues, right? Like not having Zach Collins in the rotation means you're playing a lot more Ennis Cancer and a lot more Carmelo Anthony, and they just they've got to find a way to get around that. And I'm not sure what it is. I mean, Rodney Hood plays ten minutes in this game tonight. Yeah, is it that? (laughs) Like, I mean, you know, like is it more Rodney Hood, Gary Trent Jr. I don't. I don't know what's happening there. I think I'd be starting him over Derek Jones. He's been better. I, yeah, I'm not sure why Gary Trent's not. I I was one of the guys that I saw him at summer league, and I was just I was just blown away with how him and um, Mr. Little. I was really impressed with how they looked. But um, yeah, I'm not and sure they compete, why he's not starting. They compete really well. So you know, I'm I'm honestly 
confused by that. Um, we, we're going to take those calls in a second, but before we get there, I, I do want to run quickly just through a couple other things. Uh, Luca 34-13-9, um, looking pretty good, even though he still clearly isn't in full shape. Uh, at some point, we have got to start giving the Mavericks credit for how they're playing defense, and it has actually been largely because of Luka. His defense Luka. has been fantastic. It started last year where you saw a real um, like a realization for him, where, where everything started to slow down on that end, and he picked up his, his activity level. And then I thought in the bubble he did a great job. A few things here and there fatigue-wise. Uh, this year, he's been he's been really really good on defense. They they were top three coming into this game tonight, and you know they gave up ninety three points to the Hornets, who have been able to you know do a little bit of damage Scorable so bunch far. Of points. Uh, the yeah. Bucks, you know, they're a lot better than than the Pistons. I, I don't think that anyone at, at this point has any doubt about that. They've played like seventeen times already this season. Uh, somehow the Grizzlies wound up beating the I Timberwolves. Ask you about this game, Dave. I, look, I didn't watch it. It's the Grizzlies and the but Timberwolves. I, but I, I don't know how they... To to me. <laughs> how did the Grizzlies win this game? <laughs> I need you to explain this Anthony Edwards conundrum to me because I am so confused. I, I don't understand. I don't know what their plan is for him. Like, he's not. he, he didn't start today. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, think I mean, he started, coming off the bench... Why? Yeah. Well, he's a little undersized, right? And I think that that's part of it. He's a little undersized, and if you put him out there, like their defense is not going to be good. And I'm with you, Kelly. I think, look, you're going to be bad. You might as well be fun. You might as well give yourself an opportunity to outscore other teams versus uh, whatever it is that they're doing now. He's talking to Malik Beasley. Yeah, but he's still undersized to, to guard threes. Which is what I that's think true. they want him to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. The Lakers. All right. Look, I was going to say he needs to worry about guarding Grayson Allen first to uh, put it on him tonight. So. <laughs> yeah, if you can't guard Grayson Allen, there's bigger problems at play. Uh, the Lakers destroyed the Thunder. Uh, your Thunder. <laughs> mine. Um, I own them. Yes. They're yours. Yeah. Well, you know, when they lose, they're yours. When they win, they're mine. That's how. That's how I'm playing it. Um, I. I have no rooting interests for the Thunder, but uh, they they got beat. Which okay, whatever. LeBron, LeBron twenty six six and seven. So basically, you know, a typical LeBron James game. Um, the Lakers are ten and three at this point, and they don't look like they've tried in any game at all. They don't have to. Like they frankly and don't they have. Told to. y'all they wouldn't try. Yeah, they, I mean they they tried to start the game. I'll tell you that, like they, like Anthony Davis was given Darius Baisley all he could handle to start this game, uh, was just giving it to him. And then, I mean, the, here's the thing about the Thunder: the Thunder don't have any size at all. They couldn't handle AD. They couldn't handle LeBron. I mean, they had uh, Kendrick Williams was a primary defender on LeBron James most of the night. Uh, <laughs> that you know, you're in huge trouble if you're relying on Kenny Hustle to get you somewhere. And that's what the Thunder were doing tonight, and they just couldn't. They just couldn't score. They couldn't score on the Lakers. They couldn't. They just couldn't do a whole lot. Uh, and shout out to Nikhil Alexander Walker, one of my one of my favorite guards from Hoop Summit a few years ago. Thirty seven points in a loss to the Clippers. Yeah, shout out to Will, just to cover that guy. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Uh, and then I should mention three games were can- uh, postponed. 
Jazz Wizards, Magic Celtics, Hawks, Suns, um, obviously COVID uh, kind of wreaking havoc on the league right now. So, um, you know, hopefully uh, all of that straightens itself out. Uh, I'm not sure that it will, but hopefully it does and uh, everybody's safe and happy. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's try these callers, Andrew. This is an experiment. We're, we're doing this, uh, you know, it's like 1.15 a.m. <laughs> Eastern time. So let's let's see how this goes. Okay, let's bring in Jesse Smith, uh, our first caller on the Daily Ring. Hey, Dave. Hey, Andrew. All right, what's your question? My question is, what should the Houston Rockets include in the Harden tribute video? <laughs> let, me, let me, I'm going to give you the full... Harden tribute video playbook. You open up the scene, start at Turkey Leg Hut. Just do a panoramic view of the whole Turkey Leg Hut. Go around, go over to Dreams. You know, you can leave, leave Dreams, go to Toyota Center. You know, some nice courtside montages, a little step back three here and there. And it sort of just set up, sort of ends. I think that will take maybe three to five minutes, but the, the Harden montage video is going to be one that's going to be pretty long whenever he does come back. I think it's come back March 3rd, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's going to be some video. So second greatest player in franchise history. They got to, they got to make a good video. I, I don't really care about that stuff, but James Harden They're gonna boo him? means They're something gonna boo him? to the Houston Rockets. I think. I don't think they boo him. I don't think so. Who? Um, Who boos him? Who's gonna? No, like, no, like boo, like you know, if he gets introduced, are they gonna? Are the fans gonna start booing? Oh, the Rockets um, do have fans. I forgot. Okay, I'm. I've just. I've just been <laughs> in a building where there's no fans. Okay. Yeah, they got like three thousand. Okay. Okay. People. All right. Three thousand people. Yeah. That, that. Yeah, I think the Rockets have the highest fans. Uh, tenants in the league so far. Yeah, that's, yeah 3,000. That's terrifying. Something about that's not surprising. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, buddy, for uh, for coming on. All right, who's next, Andrew? Our next caller is Aaron Terrell. Aaron, welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going great. What's your question? My question is, are the Raptors or the Nuggets – Going to make a panic move, and if so, who will do it first? Ooh, good question. It's a good question. This, this is a good question. Um, I don't know that either of these franchises are are known for panic moves. Um, Denver, this is the first time they've had any kind of expectations, period, ever. Maybe, I mean, at least since Mello. 
So I, I don't see a, a, a an organization that has had the patience that they've had. Remember, they have. This has been incremental. It's not like Jokic was just Jokic overnight. Yep. Jamal Murray certainly wasn't. Um, they have gotten better every single year, and they, they were one game. They lost a game seven to Portland just missing out on a Western Conference Finals berth, and then they make the Western Conference Finals the next season. And this is the first time that any of us have gone into a year and said, this is a good basketball team that we expect to win games and potentially make the finals. First time ever. So I don't think that they're in any kind of rush. All like Their whole team is 26 and under. And their core is extremely young. Jamal Murray is 23. So they're in no rush. I, I can't. I can't imagine that. Now, maybe if a Bradley Beal pops up, then maybe they do it. But I don't think they're doing it. You know, they're not. They're not making any kind of panic trades for. I don't know. Uh, let's say a, a tier four type of player, like a guy who. You know, they're not going to trade for Lonzo Ball. Let's say. Well, what about what about our guy PJ Tucker in Houston? He's just sitting there now. He's a very useful player for a good team. Right. Uh, right. Kelly, do you think that they're going to trade PJ Tucker? Yes. Okay. Like he's per- like, would he not I be do. perfect next to Jokic? Paul Millsap and a pick be perfect would work, next right? to a lot of, a lot of good teams. Like he's just that kind of glue guy. Yeah. And I, I do think that there is a reason why smart teams have been calling Houston about his availability because he can, he doesn't need to do a whole lot with the ball. Just put him in the corner. You know he's going to hit 38% of his threes, and you know he's going to give you effort on defense. Like, that's all you need from a contender uh, as a team that, that's trying to go from maybe the first to the second round or the second round to the conference finals. Like, he's a he's someone who can raise your ceiling. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think even at 36, he still has, you know, some value in his tank. So, yeah, I do think he will be traded to a team – uh, I'd give it. I'd, I'd be surprised if he's there past the devil. Yeah, it, I'd be very. And surprised. as far as Toronto goes, uh, no, no, they missing out on James Harden. Like that was a trade I thought they might make. Um, I don't see them doing anything panicky. If anything, it, maybe they move Kyle Lowry because he is an expiring contract, and they probably want to get something for him. Competitor, uh, competitive teams will want Kyle Lowry, um, but I don't see. I, I think both of those front offices tend to be pretty pragmatic about making moves. I mean, even when Masai, and it's it gets lost very often, but even when Masai made the risky trade for Kawhi because he could walk, they still were clearing their books by moving DeMar DeRozan. I mean, DeMar DeRozan would still be on their books right now if, if they hadn't made that trade. So, you know, uh, even when they're doing things that seem like they're outside the box, you know, drafting Michael Porter Jr., with his medical history, trading in back into the second round for Bowl Bowl, some of the things that they've done uh, in Denver that that seem like risky moves, they've been calculated risks. So yeah, I don't think either of those teams, and I don't I don't know that Denver in particular should be worried. Toronto maybe they're 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 kind of they've been trending that way, especially on the offensive end. Half court offense has been awful now for a, a season and some change. Um, but Denver is a good basketball team. They're just they're just trying to figure things out. Uh, how do they how do they fill that void that Jeremy Grant left? So, um, yeah. Well, thanks for your question. Our next question 
comes from Philip Newcomer. I'm going to connect him now. All right, what's your question? All right, my question is for Andrew. Let me look up exactly how I phrased it. So this is what I want to know, and this is what I think America would like to know. And it's, uh, why do you keep moving the goalposts on what it means to be a guy? Oh, okay. I... It's mostly because I'm still trying to figure out what it means uh, myself. Because you, I've declared guys, guys. So what this here's what this means. So whenever there's a role player that I believe is going to stick in the league, those are guys. Like PJ Tucker, he's totally a guy. Like mm-hmm. Trevor Ariza right. back in the day, he's a guy. So we're trying to figure out like this Thunder team, like who's a guy, who's not, who's sticking around. So I made a big mistake. And when you make mistakes, you learn from mistakes. I declared that Deontay Burton, currently not in the NBA, was a guy. I got a little excited. I got a little too excited. And so I'm trying not to get too excited. Everybody's wanting to know, is Hamadou Diallo a guy? I'm just, I need to see a little bit more. I love it. Before I declare him a guy. I love it. I love that you have standards, Andrew. And this is why (laughs) you and I work so well. Because, look, man, not everybody is a guy. But a guy determining who is and isn't a guy is it's just like pornography, right? I cannot define who a guy is, but I know a guy when I see one. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? I think Darius Baisley's a guy. Darius Baisley yeah, is a guy. Baisley is a guy. At the at the minimum, he yep. might be a guy. If you get he what could, I'm saying. He could be. I, I would say Hami at this point is a dude, but not a guy. And remind me, That's, is a dude above or below a man? A man is the is the lowest on the totem pole. It's just a man. A dude right? is on the roster. Dude is on the roster. It's like, a all right. A guy is in the rotation. And then a guy is like, okay, all right, he's a guy. He's here. Yeah. This is right. this is important. This is the important stuff. I really appreciate <laughs> that question. It was very important. Uh, Absolutely. Thank you so much to to all of our callers. Thank you to Kelly Eco. Thank you to the folks that are going to theathletic.com slash daily ding right now to sign up $3.99 a month. I am not joking. Go sign up if you're not a subscriber. It's the best. Kelly Eco does a fantastic job covering the Houston Rockets for us. And you can read him only at The Athletic and only with a subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash daily ding. Sign up right now. I promise you, you won't regret it. If you regret it, my DMs are open. DM me. Tell me, hey, this was an awful decision. I can't believe you led me down this road. I know you won't do it because it's the only way to go. Theathletic.com slash daily ding. Please sign up. You get all the podcasts ad-free. Everything across the Athletic Podcast Network. No dunks. The goats. You get House of Strauss. You get the Athletic NBA show. All of that for $3.99 a month. It's a really great deal. Uh, That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you guys, as always, for waking up with us. We really appreciate your support. Thanks to Kelly Eco. Thanks to the callers. Thanks to my co-host, Andrew Schlecht. Andrew, please do the honors. Ding, ding.